was yeah. really noticeable when they were on. There we, go. there we go. There we go. Oh, there, there. All right. All right. <laughs> there is that sound. So um, thank you all for joining us. This is uh, Walled Garden Weekly live. Uh, it is a project that came to my, uh, I guess we had this idea maybe maybe two months ago that we thought we would uh, try this show live. We've been doing it now for 20, 22 episodes. Um, it was a, just a dinner conversation that, that Kevin and I had that we thought people might like to hear. Um, we started recording it, putting it online, and we've been fortunate enough that thousands and thousands of developers have been listening to our show. So um, we're humbled and flattered that you all you know, care to listen to us ramble, try to interrupt each other for about an hour uh, once a week or every two weeks or once a month sometimes when we get busy. But um, so thank you. Thanks again for joining us. Um, so uh, this will be a live recording. We're going to post this online uh, in about a week or so. Um, and we will have questions. Uh, via hashtag WallGardenWeekly. So if you do have questions, go ahead and tweet them at me um, uh, using that hashtag. And uh, Iman down here, my co-founder, will be uh, curating those questions and sending them up to the stage. So uh, without any further ado, uh, I am Arash Kashmirian. Welcome, I should say, hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of Walled Garden Weekly. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Pazarande. Hello. And we have two very, very special guests um, that have chosen to come with us uh, on this journey. We have Keith Shepard, um, who you all certainly know from Temple Run. Uh, his success is impressive in itself, but I think what's also most impressive for me personally is the humility with which he's taken it. Uh, he is one of the most famous developers now, and truly he, he feels still like one of us. Um, you can go up and shake his hand. He's, he's friendly to everybody. And he's also the, you know, just as a testament to his humility, he's not even wearing <laughs> yeah. the logo of, of his game. So uh, well, th thanks. thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor. Thank you for joining uh, us. I love the show, and this is going to be great. Yeah. And then uh, you should definitely know the, the second gentleman on our, on our guest list is Eli Hodap. Uh, chief of Touch Arcade. Um, chief in, yeah, editor, editor in chief, in chief of President. Actually, you should Chairman. have your title changed to I, Chief you know, of Dark it, Lord. It alternates from week to week. But <laughs> it seems like, like whatever. Whatever you want to be, you yeah, can choose. Yeah, you know that's, you have that, that power. If, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. That's that's how I live my life. That is so. how it goes. So. That's how my professional life goes. So Eli Hodap. We've all pitched to him. He's written about our stories, um, and will continue to do so. So he is one of the most important elements in our community. What are we and drinking, Arash? We welcome him. So yes, on to the beer. We have Anchor Steam, which is uh, happy to welcome you guys to San Francisco with a local beer. This stuff's good. It is good stuff. And um, thanks to GDC for providing our liquid refreshments and lubricants. So. I'm actually fresh back on carbs for this. So. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I tried the ketosis diet, and it was a challenge. I gave up, and then Eli. Eli took it on and, and really months and had the results months that you see. Months, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, we got to do the ceremonial. Uh, can we do a quad clink? Right, let's try it. And it's going to make Ian crash his Tesla, but we'll try it again. <laughs> wow. It's elaborate. Uh -oh. Cheers. All right. Cheers. 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 All right. So, Arash, tell them, tell them about, tell them about our generosity. There'll be two lucky winners. About our generosity. So, so, so I said I'd have a story about this. So, we actually wanted to have beer for all of you guys. We looked into it, and GDC charges us one thousand dollars per keg to serve beer in this room. And we, we did the math, and it was a lot of money. So, sadly, we probably could have done it in the we end. We should have just had you know, to sponsor it. They, I think, someone told us that there would be Nobody like six hundred people here or something. I don't know. Anyway, so, so uh, what are we here to talk about? Are we just going to ramble? I know. So uh, we, the topic of the day, uh, the topic du jour is freemium, which is you know a really original topic at this conference. Um, and uh, talked about it for three years. Uh, yep. It was actually interesting. The last two talks in this room were about um, sort of Android and freemium, and then why you don't need to go freemium and paid is still viable. So. You've been here for the last two rooms. This is going to fit right in with that. Uh, but so we're sort of going to do this a little bit different, which is 
you know, usually we pick a game and yeah. we sort of break it down, but it's a little bit harder to do with four people. Um, and so for this, we're going to do it more like a pseudo panel format. And I'm just going to sort of spit out a topic, and we'll just—it's still going to be disorganized. And it always uh, is, and I always and then, and then we'll go from there. when I get bored. So um, the first one's pretty vanilla. We're just saying, if you aren't designing for freemium, are you doing it wrong? Yeah. Um, why don't we? Uh, why don't we have Eli start that one off? Sure. I, I, I would say yes, but that's like a loaded question though because <laughs> yeah, like, like here you have like we have Keith here. Temple Run was a paid game. Mm -hmm. Was it designed to be like? Did you even have free to play in your head at all when you were making? Temple we Run? did, but we had never done a free to play game before. We were always doing ninety nine cent games, so it was you know making the leap from something that was paid to freemium was pretty scary. You know, we worked, yeah. we worked on it for. You know, five months, and I was like, "Oh, do we release for free?" That's a pretty scary proposition. But we kind of hedged our bets and designed it with some freemium elements in it. And you know, we had seen what what Arash had done with you know, Zombie Gunship, and it was kind of like a paid medium title. Yeah, you guys had and, kind of kind of at the time where it was like kind of in fashion to have like the paid games that also were kind of like light free right. play or so. So it was like a good transition. But yeah. I feel like if if you don't have that kind of framework, at least. Mm -hmm. Somehow, I mean, like, it's a disaster. So if you're like, you know, in other words, super premium versus like the sort of premium, like ability to go free, like. Yeah, I mean, at least that's the way it seems to have work, worked out, but. Yeah. yeah. And I mean. Well, fashion's an interesting word for, for premium. I think fashion originally is, a, is a good word to describe the trends of the app store. It took really, a while to get sure. there, though. I mean, at the beginning, when you had paid apps that were integrating in-app purchase, we had massive backlash when we introduced the first weapon in, uh, in Tower Madness for That's 99 true. cents. People were like, I paid 99 cents for this. Like, why should I pay more? It was well, almost guys, as bad as like yeah, putting ads in a paid game. You guys were on the cutting edge of that, too. We, like, yeah, we took I, the, I, I even remember. remember kind of that reaction of like, right. really? We wrote a big letter. It was like, look, guys, we need to make money. And this is how we continue generating revenue and supporting the updates. But. Uh, but even then, it was super it was a early, right? Because you, you, it was like it was sort of combo pay-to-win content unlock, right? It wasn't like right. the, what is very typical now, which is just like skip grind by paying money. Exactly. So that was, you know, you can. It seems to be that if you do the uh, currency and even in a paid app, there is no backlash. And you guys, you, you had also been around since you know early in the, earlier in the App Store when freemium wasn't even allowed yet. Right. So yeah. you know you were kind of shifting with the market. That's right. Change. It was later, and, about three months um, later. Yeah, you just have to do that kind of as a business, I think. Yeah. Open the, Stay relevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and, but I, I feel like um, there's sort of at, at even at, at this conference, even there's like the sort of you got to be free or you like there's still a big opportunity in paid apps. Yeah. But there doesn't seem like no one's talking about the sort of really awesome combination of being almost free, which is like 99 cent with in app purchase, and then going free. I mean, it used to be that free sales were a really big deal or that. Um, you know, like free app a day, like the, the peak of free app a day, where every like five of the top ten apps seem to be free app a day app. Uh, but that's still like really, really powerful. I mean, well, I think what it does, and, and, and in Temple Run's case, it gave us a second chance because we launched it as a paid title, it was ninety nine cents, and you know it did really well. It was our best launch ever. But then, like most games, it just started falling down the app store chart. You know, it didn't it didn't go viral. You know, essentially. Um, and it, when we you know we built into it that idea that well, hey, if it doesn't work out as a as a paid game, we can always try to drop it to free, and we have those freemium elements in it that you know maybe that'll work out. So about a month and a half into it or so, we made that switch, and it gives you a second chance to relaunch it because everybody loves it when something right. that's paid is now free. So you can you know build buzz again. You can get you know Eli to write about it on. I mean, do, on don't you think that's kind of losing its power though? I mean, like you Some, still need to have like the entire package of like, hey, this is a good game. This game's generating buzz. Like oh, yeah. all this. Like, I mean, I feel like. I don't know, like two years ago or whatever, when you had like a paid game that went free. I mean, it was a big deal because no one really had caught on to right. that trend. But now it's now like, now a lot of people a lot are of doing value it. on free. Um, yeah, 
yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just so much choice that it's not even worth being excited over anymore. I mean, like, we post, we used to, I mean, we used to be big into freebie alerts on TouchArcade because it was kind of a big deal, but now it's like, any day you can look up like the free, the free to, or the paid to free charts on App Shopper and see it's like, happen, right? yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and we have people in our community that like expect stuff to just be free because right. that's what they've been trained to do, yeah. right? So right. going back to your question, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think that if you're not doing freemium, you're, you're doing right. it wrong somehow. I think you know, freemium, you know, there's room for both. You know, I, right. I think some games lend themselves really well to like a freemium business model, but other games just don't. Right. I think that's a really good point. Right. It's not like. It's almost like, you know, figure out the game you want to make, figure out the best game you want to make, Focus and then that. decide, yeah. like, is freemium going to work? Because I feel like there, there's a lot of games I see come out, or that we review sometimes, and it feels like the business model was forced on them. Right. Like, they're yep. like, well, this has to be free, so we have to do this. And well, I, and there's also the games that are just a business model, too, right. that really right. fall in that. Um, they're, 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 they're really just monetization, and then how can we skin this with right, something right. that appears to be fun? Well, um, there's definitely like that business aspect to making these decisions. And I think you have to consider that, you know, based right. on what kind of game do you want to make? You know, we always try to make games that we like to play, so that's what we focus on first. And then right. we think a lot about, well, how can we, you know, actually, you know, since we're running a business, how can we actually, you know, make money out of this too? And what, what model would fit best with that? Though it is interesting about money is that going to Eli's talk yesterday, talking about sort of not having these insane expectations, is there's one thing that's definitely true for free, is if you want to make the most money, like if you want to be this like insane yeah. CSR, you have to be free. You have to like right. have this insane uh, spread and then monetize pretty well. Um, but the, but the, like, that's unrealistic. Thing, but the weird thing about that is, is does everyone need to make a million dollars a week yeah. to no. feel well, successful? There's, there's I mean, also like, this question of, of margins as well, right? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about how, how much these companies spend. And I'm actually curious to, to, to ask you, do you spend any money to maintain yourself in the no, future? No, we don't no. at all. It's, it's just purely word of mouth. Okay, so, but that's not the, I don't think that's the common story. No, uh, a lot of these companies the are, bigger, like, exactly, they're, they're taking there. a lot of the money they're making from their sales and also from their, their investors, and it's being pushed back into the charts to keep them in the position they are. So, so where you're running a business that has margins of like 95%, they're running businesses with probably, uh, you know, significantly smaller. Yeah. It's just, it's just the, you know, the, the idea that freemium somehow makes your game more successful versus that your game is either going to be a success or a failure, but it's sort of long-term, it's long-term how well you can extract value from it over the long-term or short-term. These are the things that are affected by, uh, affected by freemium, and I, what? I feel like looking at it that way is like, like would Zombie Highway have made more money as a free app? I mean, when, we, when I put it free, it goes up the charts, and then it makes a ton of money, and it, then it comes down, uh, you know, mostly because there's a bunch of pent-up demand. And then it starts making less than it was when it was on the paid charts, and that's a very specific thing to Zombie Highway. Um, but we have, I mean, uh, it's not like Zombie Highway was, you know, it wasn't like it was in the top 100, and then we went free, and then went back to the top 100. It really being free brought it, you know, to that to that main stage. Well, that's um, like the marketing effect of being free. Right. Know, I, so many more people get to play your game. You know, that increases the word of mouth. You know, in our case, I think it tipped it viral. You know, it wasn't right. viral as paid, right. but we started right. getting exactly. all these extra people in there, and it crossed over into a viral app. I know? mean, you guys both did that at the perfect time, though, too. I mean, right. that was, was, again, back when, right. you know, like, something that would be free was a big deal. Right. It was, it was really, it really, you know, any later, it, could, it would have been right. just a diminishing return. Right. There, is, there is definitely some of that, but um, I feel like I've seen, we've seen a lot of freemium failure stories that the premium people try to parade around is like, see, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, but really, it's more just, see, you need to think about it. That's all it is. Right. Or that, like, if you want to go free, don't think you can hold on to your premium ideals and that you can just like sell content and your users will love you and buy it. Like you need to know that you're you're doing a subsidy model. You need to get people to spend 
money in your game. You, need, you can't just have a dollar of IAP and expect to make as much as you would if you were free. It's just not, it's just not gonna work. You need to have at least you know, 20 bucks or something. And all these games have thousands of dollars of IAP. Right. And that's a really important, like you have to accept that world, right. um, I think, if you really want to be one of these games that is I think the key is, the key is unlimited spending potential in your game right. more than anything else. Like that's, that's where the crazy cash is coming from, at least it seems like. And also even in the game design, there needs to be this like, I, say, I call it like, uh, like unbound, that when you play like Tiny Tower, um, I feel like when I start that, even I don't know when it's going to end. Right. You know, I'm like, wow, like just imagine, like I just, that's how long it took me to get to the third floor. Like, wow, like imagine when I get to a thousand floors. Even if you can't build a thousand floors, you don't even know that. Right. So you're like, oh man, I could totally, like, I should invest in this. You know, like you buy a house, you're like, I'm going to live here for 30 years. Like, I'm going to invest in this. You don't invest in your, like, rental apartment because you're like, I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's how what it is. Like, so it's those two things, right? You need that unbound spend, but also that, like, the game needs to feel unbound. That's like Clash of Clans. That's CSR Racing. CSR Racing is just like this tier after tier. And you're like, wow, it took me so long just to get to tier two. Like, I could totally see myself invest, like buying a Audi R8 LM race car for $100. <laughs> and and this, this gets to the point of, you know, the, kind of some of the ethical questions of freemium where you have uh, games that are, that are, you know, they're individuals that are spending thousands of dollars sometimes in, in games. Where really, I mean, the, I think the intention of developers is to spread it out and get, you know, uh, 99 cents from from 5% of their user base and may hopefully make a lot of money but but we're also seeing this this sort of dependent behavior where we have we have players that are, are spending tons of money and we we see a lot of opinions on that like i think there's been a lot of active discussions on twitter and in, is that an ethical thing and and there's one position to take where you say that um, if you if you if you're a consumer you'll spend as much as you think that game is worth um, and then there are others that are saying well we have consumers that really aren't in control of their behavior um, but I, I mean, as, as someone that's selling a product, though, you're not responsible for like babysitting your users, though. I mean, like if you make shoes, it's not like you feel bad because some people are super into like buying right. the new sneakers or whatever. You know, it's just Do we right. But they can't. Well, I, mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of a. It's really hard to find a good parallel. Like that, that's like, that's kind of the problem with all this stuff is that like you can pull these comparisons out right. of like. I feel like the favorite is, is just... the the favorite is diamonds because they're so worthless and <laughs> the so guy expensive. Diamonds is on a show. But yeah. even then, right. like you know. Um, but really, it's like, right, it becomes ideological. Like, do you, where do you, like, who is it, is it Apple's responsibility? Does it be, like, if the, does the government become responsible? I mean, or if they determine, you know, like gambling, for example, is heavily regulated. Uh, I learn more and more about how slot machines, like, the government almost writes the code that, in slot machines. It's been fascinating to read that. Um, you know, like the things that we all think as good game design, like uh, near misses, like a game where you like are almost winning and then you win and you feel great and then the game gets a little bit harder and so you're almost winning and it just, you know, this is called like a difficulty curve. Having a really good difficulty curve, that's about the near miss. That's the psychology behind slot machines. So a good video game is a slot machine. The only thing is there's no gambling involved, you, you know. But there is now with, with freemium, you, you do have money. You have real money involved with near-miss psychology, which is shown to just manipulate humans. So there's like a little bit of a gray zone because it's not gambling. So there's not like this toxic belief that like, oh man, I might win something. Well, some um, of the some I, of the free-to-play games with that the prize wheel mechanic. I mean, that basically is gambling, though. Right. It, but there's no like there's no expectation that you're going to get well, real I guess money back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Know? That's true. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, in Japan, they have, they like made illegal, there's like a, a specific form of slot machine where you're using a slot machine to win a set of items. You're not allowed to do that anymore in Japan electronically. 
um, just sort of interesting, weird yeah. stuff. But this was actually one of our topics, which was talking about this. Um, I don't know. I mean, Keith, like you, you're on Amazon. Like you get, you probably see the emails. Like there's, there's definitely people out there who are making their their kids don't know what they're doing. Whatever they're making mistakes. That's probably the most common. I think. Right. You know. It, a lot of kids play these games, and a lot of kids use these devices. And you know, oftentimes parents, you know, they don't have the time, or they don't know exactly how these things work. And they see something that's free, and they get it for their kids. And the next thing you know, their kids spent you know some money. Um, all the platform holders are actually really good about refunding, right? You know, in those kinds of cases. So do you I guys think do that though. We um, yeah, absolutely. Really. Um, so you know, for the most part on iOS, uh, you know, Apple takes care of it all. Every once in a while, a parent will contact us because they didn't realize they and then get you it back from Apple. Them and we just there. forward it, and Apple yeah. takes care of it. I and mean, we see a certain number of refunds on you know every month, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, on on Google Play, you know, since you're the merchant, you actually have to handle all of that yourself, and you know that creates a big kind of support you know burden because now we have to you know. Handle that. And it's not like checkout has and a great interface. No, for, it doesn't. It's really doing that. It's like and refund. Why do you want to refund? Okay, yeah, and then go to the next you know, one. When, when I think about in a purchase, though, I'm like, you know, I don't want to be taking money from people that don't want to be giving it to me or bought it accidentally or you know whatever. That's that's right. not the business I want to be in. You know, it's so. Um, you know, so I always happily refund like you know money in those cases, and you know people are usually happy with that. And I also try to educate them because I think that is right. a big part of the problem. Is that you know some people just don't they're not aware that you can put a password on your account right. or you know, disable in-app purchases or this kind of thing. Yep. So yep. I think um, you know we try to do both. We you know we help them out, get them out of their situation, and um, you know we uh, you know we also educate them. I'm always kind of amazed that that's not part of the original like iOS setup. You know, like when you go through the, like that six right. page whatever, like you know, do you want to disable in-app purchase or like. And maybe it will like be that. eventually, though. I mean, you see the kinds of changes that Apple's slowly making. Like, you, you've got that new, like, little line item that says there are right. purchases in this app. And I actually think all that stuff's great because, right. you know, it, it does help kind of protect the, the consumers. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, our, our game, the way kind of our game works, too, is, you know, I, I'm, not so, I'm not quite so sure we have these, like, super crazy whales that spend, you know, $1,000 in our game because, honestly, like, our really game possible. does is kind of bounded. Like, you do run out of right. things to upgrade, unlike, you know, some of the other really, you know, well, now popular. Well, can do you ever stop incrementing the amount of gems it takes for you to revive? No, I mean, you could revive infinitely. You're right. Okay. But okay. the so, thing so. is, <laughs> just, to, just to do what I love to do, which is to tell Keith about Temple Run, is, uh, Thank you. is you do have the power up where you earn gems. Uh, if yes. you have a power-up where you can earn gems. So it's a really, really advanced power-up, but for like super hardcore players, they know they that they know can that eventually they can get, get to a point and... where they don't need to. Yeah. So I love stuff like that, because that's sort of like this like flag to hardcore players. Like If you're hardcore and you can get to level 10, which is not easy, yeah. it's like you don't need to buy gems. Yeah, and I think everybody has like different comfort levels with in-app purchases. Some people are totally against it. Some people are like, hey, that's the best you know, thing since sliced bread. But um, you know, I, I, the way I kind of personally look at it, is that you know I want to make something that people feel like they can play without buying, you know, without right. having to buy things. So we don't have like paywalls, and you know the, the grind progression in, in Temple Run is is very reasonable, and that's because we beta test it and do everything without having in-app purchases in it. So right. you know it feels like you can play a reasonable amount of time, and it's fun. You're having a good time, and um, you know I think that's it's been a good approach for us, and it's worked well. Yeah, and I and, feel like I feel like Nimblebit like almost yeah, pioneered yeah. that. I, I think know. they did, and and we were they they were. You know, doing premium before we were, and I think that was a big inspiration for kind of that model. And I think that personally, it feels fair to me. And we're we're a small company, and so I feel like the business decisions we make are they're very personal. It's like if you know if th that's that's kind of my reflection of how I'm comfortable with doing freemium in-app purchase, and and I want to make it fair, and I want to make it feel fair. I feel like when you have a bigger company, you know, it's not as personal anymore, and you know, oftentimes 
like the really big companies that are doing freemium, like they're also known for doing like the most kind of manipulative things right. when it comes to monetization. Right. And that sort of that actually segues into the we're doing it in a different order, but the other topic was basically like what's the difference between freemium and freemium? Like there is the idea that Temple Run and CSR racing are like even the on the same, same group, side yeah, of a spectrum right. is is not not correct. Um, sure. so like let's sort of break that down a little bit. Like what like what's a let's talk about some differences between like say Temple Run and say Clash of Clans. I mean, I guess not everyone here has really played Clash of Clans in a heavy way, right, but right. Um, or, or you know, we could say like Temple Run, it's all about um, for the most part, I bet, it's about grind, you know, avoiding the grind, right? There's like even though the game is fun right. itself, um, you're 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 just you're, there's something you want to do and it's fun and you're like, well, if you don't you don't have the time right now, you can spend money and uh, avoid that grind. But um, what about games like CSR Racing where it's like you lose and it's like, yeah. hey, there's a mechanic over here and he's got a special wrench. It, it seems to be a question uh, of like even the way these games are designed, the way these games are built, I think really varies fundamentally. I think a lot of them are metrics driven. Um, there's right. a lot of testing that goes into building a game like CSR Racing. Um, I've even heard of companies that like um, employ like various psychological tricks right. and like oh, yeah. coloring buttons certain sure. way. And oh, they do like A/B that. testing, and I mean they have people on their team that are like stats guys. That's that's right. all they do is they think about that stuff nonstop. Right. So I mean, don't, I mean, we don't have a stats guy. Did you <laughs> did you look into any of these things when you built Temple Run? I mean, did you even consider any psychological sort of principles when you when you designed that game? Not really. No, we just kind of designed it by you know what kind of game would we think would be fun, and you know I, there there are a lot of games that aren't. You know, freemium that have these kind of upgrade paths right. and where you're buying stuff, and that's you know, if you do the, if it doesn't feel super grindy, you can have a lot of fun with that. That's part of the, that's part of the reward of playing those games. Now I don't, I don't know the numbers, but like, I don't, I don't want you to give any numbers, but <laughs> don't the, worry. the like, I have a very sneaking suspicion that the, that the totally off the record. That the, yeah, <laughs> Keith, Keith, um, just between us, just write a number. I'm pretty the sure table. the first ten rows can hear us. Um, the, uh, that the, the monetization numbers, like the per person money that CSR Racing is getting out of their users has got to be higher. Oh, it's way higher. And, you know, we've actually been pretty, you know, we've actually mentioned that before publicly. I mean, the, the kind of like the, the average revenue per user in Temple Run is much lower than something like, you know, like CSR Racing or Clash of Clans. And I think that is, you know, it's fundamental about the kind of business you know, model and the, and the way the game actually works. I think is, and that's maybe a difference between the freemium and right. freemium. And also yeah. when you're making a decision, you know, like to understand that you know, you can't necessarily make a Temple Run clone. Right. Um, well, you can. You well, can. A lot of people well, are. A lot of people have. <laughs> right. And you can go to number one page. I think everybody has. That's, you know. that's true. Actually, that wasn't a Temple Run clone. That was just all they do is clone your icon. That's, that's how. Real. That's the kind of gravitas you have. Oh. That was interesting. All right, Man, quick. No. While Keith can't respond, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Arial Rounded. Um, so, <laughs> My favorite font ever. <laughs> uh, so, just to like, the, we're kind of running through this like pretty quickly, but I want to like, I kind of want to bring Eli into this like a little bit about. So I, I'm down for talking about Temple Run. I can do yeah. hours. Don't worry. I know. So I, that's I'm a, that's what I'm afraid of though. See, I can, <laughs> as Keith knows, I can really talk about Temple Run. Um, but let's like freemium. Like, there's this attitude. I feel like there's this really this divide that I sense on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm like in this weird boat where I'm somehow I'm so privileged to be part of this like group of people that allows me to talk to them. Um, but I'm like I was really late. I was sort of there. I kind of was like in the ocean, like ran out of the ocean. I was like, yeah, I'm like like mobile games. And then I went back on the beach. And then everybody else like built a big ship and was like sailing away. And I was like, wait for me. No, I want to come back. It was really so. I sort of was an outsider. But I had this like bookmark in the top 100, 
Um, and what I learned is sort of with innocent eyes, with fresh eyes, I saw this huge divide between the sort of what I see as real indies, between people that just hate freemium and, uh, uh, and us. And they have very striking views about like freemium is ruining gaming. And as a person who, as a hardcore gamer who like really Arash knows, like Arash, like Arash and Zerban are sitting over there, they're really like twisting my arm and they're like, you gotta go free. Yep. And then they like convinced me to go free and I like, I set that date up, and then they were like, they were just like, dude, just well, you went free without any in-app purchase, right? But yeah. I had already had an update. I already had an update. You had it in the pipe. Approved. But you, were, you were losing money. There was it's not just leaving. Money I, the I table. left it was like I left truck many loads of zeros money being on the table. Yeah, and you were like, you're like, you're like, what, what's the deal, Kevin? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> Arash was just like Arash was just like sweating. Like people <laughs> people not earning money is like I'm Arash kryptonite. <laughs> they were like. She's like, just, just turn it on. Why you not get good deal, Kevin? I mean, yeah. I went to number one. I went to number one without in-app purchase. I only went to number three when I had in-app purchase. That is meaningless data. Anyway, so, so like, you know, Eli, you're you're a pretty hardcore gamer, like, or a long-time gamer, like, you know, what do you think? Do you think freemium is ruining gaming, or to what degree do you think freemium is hurting? No, or dude, not hurting? I don't think freemium is ruining gaming at all. I mean, it really is just how it's implemented. That I mean, I, the the problem is it's one of those things where it's so easy to point out bad examples that I feel like like any argument you can pull like some super abusive free to play title out as you know this example of why free to play is so horrible. But then you know you have games like you know like League of Legends on the PC or whatever where you can play that game forever for free and it feels great. And when you buy something, it's awesome. So like I, I think I think free to play is just another way that people are paying for games. And like to demonize it in any way more than that is just silly and short sighted. So where do you else. think it comes from? I think, I think it's change. Like you know. Yeah, uh, people, people fear don't like change. Fear yeah, of change. Yeah. In a, in a big way. I mean, people don't know how to react to that because you have. You have essentially these like you know hardcore gamer types that are used to, you know like playing the sickest games on their PC and uh, like you know paying 60 bucks for them and having a million hours of content, not only multiplayer and you know all sorts of stuff. Crazy fan art and yeah, it's, it's, real deep. And, and stuff like that. And I, I think that the, the problem is, um, I think the, the big backlash comes from those people not realizing that they are no longer like. I don't want to say they're no longer relevant because of course they are, but like when you have like the mass market appeal of mobile games and you know just your everyday person that's like you know doesn't have a problem spending a couple bucks on a game, like like that kind of person becomes irrelevant. So I think it's very natural then to point at freemium as you know something that makes you angry or something that's ruining something you love or whatever. The other thing is that it really to me it was interesting because I went to PAX in 2010. I just like my friends dragged me there. Not not that I have a problem with PAX, but just it's not somewhere I would go. It's pretty um, fun. Yeah. I came from. Oh, PAX. you were just there. Yeah. Jeez, it was just, that was PAX. I didn't catch PAX Pox, surprisingly enough. Oh, I, mean, was, I, was I could. I guess we could get the GDC plague. So well, okay. I guess we'll see. Somebody <laughs> there. I forget his name. He's a really famous producer designer. He worked on Thief. Uh, he did a keynote there. Warren Spector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had this really great thing, which is like basically talking to this audience, which is most a hardcore gamer audience, or was, and saying, gaming is becoming mainstream. Don't, don't like hate these people. They have a different. They have a different. They're different kinds of players. Like welcome them into the fold. Like know that you know the person who plays Clash of Clans and that's their first game. Um, it might. Not, it's not going to be their last game. And right. that like this is this is our opportunity to no longer be in the shadows and to be. And, and, and that was really great, and I've, it's, it's sort of like what he warned against is exactly what I feel like happened, is this divide was created, where it's like hardcore gamers needed to like say that IP is ruining gaming. Right. 
Um, What's crazy though is people don't realize that like if, if, if free to play, like not necessarily free to play, but if you know pay for what you use was the predominant business model in all games, like I can't even tell you how many Xbox games right. I've purchased that either aren't even opened or like, you like know, yeah, played, played just through the tutorial and was like, well, that was cool. And you know, I have other stuff to do. Right. So like in that case, I do spend zero dollars or like, as much as the tutorial costs. Right, yeah, so I really like, feel like yeah, it could be more ethical in a way yeah. that it's sort of there's this, the lower bound is not sixty dollars. So do, right. do you guys buy stuff in freemium games? Like, are you do you have that kind of personality? Like, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm yeah, not the no. kind of person. I'll that buy really the coin stuff. doubler. Well, yeah, okay. like yeah, the yeah, it's a good. Sometimes like that's a good deal. I, I get, yeah, I get that. But um, usually, I just like, yeah, you know, like I play it and kind of like just try to play it without buying stuff. But I think that the, yeah, the coin doubler is really the sign to the player that. I feel like, well, it is to me, and I think it is to the player too that, like, this is the premium experience. Right, right. You know, it's like you still need to earn everything, and but it's just going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, most, most free to play games to me, like, it feels like the experience, and this is, again, a very personal level, it feels like the experience is almost spoiled by spending money on them. Because, right. like, in a game like Temple Run, you know, if the fun is, like, slowly increasing your power level, like, you know, you spend, like, what's the top end on your game? Like, if you, if you wanted to dump coins into it or whatever to, like, just to unlock all the power-ups, like... Sure. Yeah, I mean, you spend maybe, like, like between 20 and 30 dollars. And then what do you do? You know, right, you're like, well, hey, sorry. I, I think you have to build that into it. And, and, and for us, it's, it's really about, like, all the achievements and objectives and things right. you can't buy your way out of. Because right. we don't, you know, we don't offer you the ability to skip that kind of thing. So, you know, you can still do that. But I think the, the, in Temple Run specifically, like, the kinds of people that spend money, they spend it early in the game. And I think this is another big difference between us and, like, Clash of Clans is, like, people yeah, in Clash of Clans time. are buying, like, the, on the tail. It's, like, the people that have been playing for a long time. Yeah. I think in Temple Run, people buy things early in the game. Because they're wanting to get like a jump on their friends. Like their exactly, friends have been yeah. playing for a while. They've got like a 30 million right. score, and they need to catch up. And they're going right. to drop, you know, some money to well, catch you also, up. You also do things sort of backwards in your game, and that like a game like Clash of Clans, like it doesn't really become necessary to skip those like three day long wait cycles until you're right. you're very invested in the game. As opposed to yours, like I feel like once you have like you know one or two blips in each of the power ups, there's it takes a little longer to get stuff. Well, yeah. not only that, but there's not much reason to. I mean, because it's not like you know if you have like. 50% into, you know, like shield right. or whatever that like, you know, that extra 10% right. or whatever is going to do right. that much, I guess. There's not a yeah, big change. It, it's true. I mean, it's probably true. I mean, I think, you know, we probably could monetize Temple Run like a, a bunch better if we like really like, it squeezed it in like stats. Are doing too bad. I think there's a trade-off to be made. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, Temple Run probably doesn't have the highest average, average revenue per user. It doesn't. I'll tell you that. And, um, but we have so many users. We have yeah. a lot more daily active users than most free-to-play games I mean, I by a amazing. long shot. I think that's because it doesn't feel abusive. Exactly. I mean, like anyone can play it. It feels like a, a complete game. So I think that's know? a trade-off you make, though. It's like you know, and I'd rather have more people playing my game, even if I'm making a little bit less money. I think that's cool. You know, right. it's, it's like ridiculous how many people have played Temple Run, and and, and that's I think that's valuable in itself too, even if they're not paying me money, because you know that's an audience we've grown. You know, if we in our next game, that's that's we can get them all into that or. You know, it, it, there's different ways you can leverage that, even though I'm not leveraging it right now. Right. Okay, should we take some questions? Yeah. Um, so we've got a bunch here. Uh, the first one uh, I'd like to take is actually probably directed at you, Keith, um, from Graham Devine. Um, he wants to know, uh, is, is free-to-play regional to the USA, or do you see it worldwide when you look at your users? Is it, it's is a it, worldwide thing. Because we are hearing it definitely yeah. in, in Asia, but is, yeah, it, is it just Japan. as big in Europe? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I mean, uh, Temple Run 
specifically does monetize well pretty much worldwide. Um, I think you have to have the right you know, kind of payment opportunities in different regions. Like, you know, for the longest time, you know, we, we had a ton of players in China, but we like weren't making any money at all. Right. Off here's, of a, here's a weird question for you then. Have you ever thought about, uh, and it's kind of unrelated, but related too, have you ever thought about uh, changing the art of the game for those specific regions to see if like, just as an experiment to see yeah. like, you know, if your dude had more like anime style, like right. eyes are featured or whatever, or, if it would yeah. make a difference. Because yeah. no know, joke, like, like, I, like, you know, uh, League of Legends is a good example. Like the champions, the little profiles pictures that they have are totally different depending on like the region. Yeah. And it's like because of like the predominant like what they see as attractive facial yep, structure yep. and yeah, stuff no, like that. I think there's tons to that. I mean, you you're know, super if, interested in see like what would happen if Temple Run like yeah, you know your dude right. looked. Yeah, yeah, for us, it's different. like a matter of size. You know, we're we're like six like or so people, and uh, you know, we, we can't we can't do all of these different things without you know. I guess, but do you, it would amuse me greatly. <laughs> it would. <laughs> yeah. Resources. Yeah. Do you want to be a runner in Temple yeah. Run? That is the question. <laughs> Maybe it's an interesting point. They have I mean, like Hero Academy when they went to to China. They, um, they they definitely like added sort of an Asian jingle to the soundtrack. There was there's yep. there's an Asianization of the game. Yeah. Clash of um, which was sorry. Yeah, Hero Academy. Okay. Um, and they use they use an outsource team to do it. I, I think, think that makes sense. And, you know, I think there are lots of cultural differences, and um, you know, for China specifically, like the way they pay for things is very different than um, you know the way we do things here. So, you know, for us, when we did go into China, um, you know, that that was you have to kind of embrace all that stuff. So, you know, we worked with a partner that knew how to do all that stuff, and you know, now we're making money in China, yeah. where we were making zero before. So that's great. Right. Right. Any, yeah. any money? I, I feel like that's an important lesson, though, about like um, localizing your stuff, not only based on language but also based on culture. That yeah. I can't even tell you how many people like just completely don't understand. And it seems like, and I don't know if, if this is just a generalization or what I've seen myself, but like it seems like Americans going to other regions seem to work better than other regions coming to America. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate because you have all these people that make really cool games, but they just like need to be tweaked a little, just a little bit, bit because bit like just too Japanese. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. like Americans won't put up with like the typical grind and stuff like that. Yeah. And right. I don't know. Um, we have a couple more questions. Uh, Carol Shaw, who's actually one of the advisors for this session, um, she asks, uh, what, Eli, do you see as a new and upcoming trend in freemium? Like, where do you see that going with the games that you've been pitched? Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, weird. it's weird because everyone is still trying to chase Temple Run. Like, like still, it's what, I, what I see in the stuff that I get pitched is like, so few people are ever willing to try something new in that like, you know, you still have people, I mean, remember how everyone chased Angry Birds for like forever? So everyone now, I mean like every single free, well not every single, but like most free to play games that I see now are all, all doing like the, hey, this is free, but you can buy his power up kind right, of thing. Right. And it just kills me because it seems like there's just like so many other ways that you can charge for your game. I mean, you're, you're essentially being given this gift of, you know, like, I mean, I guess like the smallest increment is 99 cents, but you have so much flexibility, like so much flexibility that has just never been explored before in gaming, and the best that people can come up with is like how to skip timers or like how to make your doodle a little better. And I don't know, like I, I wish the stuff that we got pitched was a little bit more innovative and or experimental, I guess, than that, yeah. you know. And, but no one's willing to experiment. It seems like because everyone. Well, it's so risky, right? Yeah, so, it's, it's risky. But you don't end up with the next Temple Run by not experimenting. That's, you know? so that's it's, true. It's, you, I, I think you could probably be successful in making derivatives, you know, of games and incrementally improving it. But you're not going to have the next crazy thing because Definitely. everybody else is chasing it at the same time. So yeah. it's just so hard. I wish there was like. There's no way to, you know, I've, we need the we need the AB universes. So <laughs> yes, yeah. we can really test things. But like, I just want to know a game that like really its success hinged on its monetization. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the end, like he was like, oh, this game, it got like 600,000 downloads and they only made like $50,000. I'm like, yeah, 
that's what well, happens when you I only mean, get 600,000 downloads. You need, yeah, like, try, like, you know, 50 million. And true. now, oh, that really, that really works out. But, like, where's that game that, like, they would have been rich if they had monetized differently? I mean, basketball? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Like, I'm that game sure. was excellent. Like, we reviewed it. Like, um, the, mon the monetization model they used was terrible, though. Right, exactly. It was like, hey, put up a paywall to prevent, to stop your pe stop players from playing. Uh, so if they don't buy this, which they won't, then they'll stop playing and stop telling their friends about it. Like, they they would have like, done better if they had, you know, right, exactly. not gone with that business model, but, you know, how much better? Right, exactly. Right. Like, okay, they made whatever they made, you know, five figures. Would they have made, okay, they would have made, like, low six figures, you know what I mean? Like, and that could be a big deal in terms of, like, getting you to your next title. Like, okay, well, great. Now especially we can... as a small indie studio. I mean, right. to jump between five yes. to six figures is, like, could be life-changing for a game right. made by two dudes, you know? That's true. Um, on that note, there's a question from Jonas Wills of, uh, of, of Backflip and uh, Phobic Studios, and I think he did uh, Dragonvale. So uh, he asks a, a great question that ties in here. Um, how important is cross, and you don't need to be successful to ask questions, so. <laughs> I'm just getting like crazy celebrity questions here. So um, anyway, hashtag GDC. Uh, how, how important is cross-promotion from existing games to launches? And this is an important question because if you do build a freemium game, you're depending on a huge amount of users. So is it possible as an indie studio to, uh, to do a freemium game without a huge user base or a lot of you know, VC capital? Or do you need to have, I mean, so like when you launched Harbor, um, uh, Temple Run, you had a lot of Harbor Master users, you yep. already an established studio. Yeah. Um, so you were able to do do the do do a lot of good work with Temple Run I mean, without shifting a lot of users in cross promotion. I mean that's the challenge whether you're freemium or you know paid and you know in this market is how do you get your stuff rec you know recognized and how do you get it yeah. how do people notice it? And um, you know cross promotion definitely is a big part of that and you know whether you know whether you you know work with the press and, and you know, get the press excited about your game or the fans excited about the game. There's like all sorts of different avenues that you can go to get kind of you know, a player base that's excited about something. And cross-promotion of previous games you know, definitely helps with that. And, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, depending on your, your scale, like, you know, maybe that's the thing. Like, I don't think we had enough you know, of, a, of a giant fan base you know, before we did Temple Run that I mean, it was sizable, though. You it was sizable. I mean, like you can't you can't disregard that. On any no, level absolutely not. No, I, we would definitely you know if, if we had launched Temple Run as our first title, I think we would have had a you know a much more yeah. difficult time getting it noticed. I mean, this so. this goes back to the AB universe that we that we all wish for. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still amazed though, and there's few enough people here that uh, I can say this. Um, uh oh. <laughs> Until it gets horrible thing. <laughs> insert horrible thing. No. Insert odd, awkward, racist statement. Um, <laughs> so, Strap in for no, this. No, so um, no, just just uh, just that how I get you know six emails a day like that begin with nth attempt from like mobile ad or whatever. Nobody emails me and they're like, hey, I have this really awesome game, play it. Can, will you cross promo my game? Like uh, Keppa Punch Quest, he like emailed me. He's like, hey, like I really like Zombie Highway. Here's my feedback on the game. Yeah. Like we've got a game coming out. Will you cross promo me? I was like, absolutely. That's super smart. And it's just like, why like. Is, you know, part of it is like I, we're in this like I feel like there's this kind of club and like there's a lot of friends and we like cross promote each other and whatever. But uh, you know, it, you don't have to be part of the club. Like no one is emailing me or like I mean, yeah. uh, and, in the same way that, in the same way that I'm getting attacked <laughs> right. by like right. by you know sure. by ad, by ad networks course. that are finding me the same way, which right. is like okay, they have like a certain probably have a certain number of daily active users. Like we want them, sure. but the same like developers need to do that. Like instead of going through and finding every gaming site on the planet to try and get them to cover your game, 
like find other gamers who like your game mm -hmm. and will cross promote you. I'm sure, always sure. like, and this is a, also on the flip side. If you have a game that's not so successful and you're not making money from it, make it free and now like throw your clicks at people and like try and use that to like gain favor. Like I feel like cross promotion really is yeah super valuable. Just super valuable. I mean, as a you know, as an indie developer, you don't have money to really spend on advertising. So you know, if if you can convince other indie developers that have you know audiences to cross promote your game, that's like free advertising. It's amazing, right. you know. Well, I mean, it's also like you grow together. I mean, yeah. uh, when you when you launched uh, Temple Run, we sent you guys clicks, yeah. and, and Temple Run was not Temple Run back then. Yeah. Um, you, guys, then you guys were you doing later that. paid that back. We've been doing that back since the beginning. Yeah. 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 We had this thing right. called uh, App Treasures. You know, right. It was a yeah, small yeah, yeah, band yeah. of uh, indie developers that you know, <laughs> cross promote each other. Yes. And you know, it's uh, I think you know, as indie developers, it's important to band together and and to you know help each other out because you know it 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 just right. The rising tide lifts all. Especially you send me like a promo code for your game or whatever you know. Right. I you don't know, see enough I, of that. I, I want you to succeed, you know. Succeed, you know do you like, redeem promo codes? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, do I do go and use them? Yeah, absolutely. If really? someone, if somebody like, if somebody sent it to me and they were like, <laughs> play my game. Well, I think there's also this perception. That doesn't matter. You, you have like, a very different yeah. perspective because <laughs> you probably have the inverse of like, well, now that you have. Well, no, an app, I mean, like, I guess. it almost seems like you know, listening to your podcast, it would seem like you would enjoy a game more if you paid for it, like almost. <laughs> Just because you're getting it for free, yeah. No, I mean maybe, especially if I paid like a ton of money for it. Yeah, I, I secretly Mail me a I secretly check for like 99 cents and I'll send you a promo code for my new game. Is what you, need. Hmm? you need people to actually make you pay for their, their promo codes. Right, right. That would make, that would totally, help me. Yeah. yeah. 9.99. But especially for me, you know. <laughs> Dear Kevin. No, but I think, I think there's this, this consciousness among a lot of indie game devs that they just don't want to be annoying. And, and it's like, I don't, you know, I, I get emails from ad networks and I get the sense that like, you know, you don't want to go and bother another dev. Like, hey, right. do you want to play my game? It's like, you know, there's a certain humbleness that we all have that, I, that yeah, I think I, does I us a disservice when it really, you should actually, like, I would love to play people's games and I just don't get, I don't get that many emails from people, so. I tell people all the time, just treat, like, other developers how you'd want to be treated. Like, if yeah. you were in, like, Keith's shoes and, you know, you wanted to be approached by someone, like, you know, what would you want to say? Like, people, people think that everyone's on a pedestal or something when everyone's actually just, like, a cool normal person people. and, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> normal people. And I feel like a lot of businessy people, like, don't understand that and that's why, like, their approach comes off as kind of, like, Right, pushy, you know, like pushy or douchey yeah, or yeah, however yeah. you want to describe well, it, you sure, know, because like, sure. <laughs> it's just like you're getting the form letter instead of like, hey man, really like Temple Run, I made something kind of similar, you know, like what do you think? I'd love to do something with you guys instead of like, right. here's my metrics, here's my numbers, <laughs> like all that stuff. Because <laughs> they need to just take the ad, ad network strategy. We are the number one game on on iOS and with the most innovative platform. And uh, if you integrate our SDK, do you not? Like you can promote our game all the time. Just send me, just pref prefix your emails with fourth attempt. Yes. <laughs> I, then I will know. I'm just that, following up oh, on this one man, email. Man. We're like preaching to the choir here. Because at least you, like, you, know, you meet a lot of people coming to the conference with us. Yeah, I always think that's, that's a great place. Like, that's you know, where we all met each other. You know? right. And, and you know, that, that is valuable. And you get to meet people. You become friends with them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll cross-promote your game. No problem. You put, know? Your, put your promo code on the back of a 2x2 of a two two sticker and give it to me. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's a great idea. Yeah. You know? I don't know. So what? Yeah, what's, um, what's I have a, I have a comment from Wilson Leong. Uh, he says Popcats Popcaps reskin China version of Plants vs Zombies made tons of cash. There you go. I bet. So there you go. Do you yeah. not like tons of cash? What was it called? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> he prefers it electronically. <laughs> oh yeah. So now I just need to find a partner that you know can can build us a reskin sure. version. But uh, do we know? Do we know? Like, was it still Plants vs Zombies, or was it like? I'm not sure. Something yeah. in there will be a talk about it somewhere. It was okay. Audience commentary. I wish I had you guys. I was on the Great show. Wall of China. 
Okay. That's interesting. How does yeah, that work? Was there Crazy Dave that, with the pot? This is the kind of stuff that big was companies he still are there? doing. Yeah. Was it yeah. Crazy Dave? Was that? No. Um, so yeah, we did go to GDC China uh, this this past year, and um, if you are looking for for partners for that type of thing, I found that to just be the best place to just go out and meet everybody, and you can sit down. They're happy to meet with Western developers, um, and Shanghai's cool. So that's a GDC that's you should at least hit up once. I think it's worth worth, cool. worth traveling. What's the, well, it, well, I guess what would be relevant is what, what's the overall cost to attend GDC China, though. It's a good question. If you, you have like, a talk, I can tell you exactly. I'll be I'll be very candid about how we how we went there. So um, GDC China invited Iman to speak. Um, so we, we gave a talk there, and, and they paid for uh, some of our travel and, and for the conference itself. Um, and so it was it was all in all. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. I would say it was less than three thousand dollars. Well, with with with, yeah. with, with hotel being bankrolled though, or like with 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 their help, yeah. And to send one person, you could probably do it for. I mean, that's, I'm just guessing, but like a thousand fifty. But that's success. That's like a if you're successful kind yeah, of. Right. You'd have to have a story to pitch. But again, like going to China, like having a partner take you to China, you're probably already. Right. So like that's, 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 that's problems, farther you know. down the road. It definitely sure. is. Yeah. yeah. Anything else interesting on the? I mean, or. Relevant and uh, I, don't I, know, I was like, yeah. how do I uninsult everyone who were not reading their questions? <laughs> we're, we're good on questions for now. Sorry. Um, All right. Actually, wait, hold on. We do have a question. Uh, what is the most any of you guys have ever spent on a game personally, and uh, what was the game? So, Kevin, I know you. You, you mean like, like a lot of money for one of the premium games? Game, sixty you bucks. In-app purchase? Yeah, like yeah, sixty dollars probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have paid. I might have gotten a special edition of something, maybe a some Blizzard game. Oh, Blizzard. Well, I'm right. talking I iOS games, though. Oh, no, I mean, so, uh, oh, no doubt, uh, first iPad game, Mirror's Edge, $15. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, no, I spent I spent $15 on Real Racing 3. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, what, what about $9.99 for the original yeah, Super Yeah, so because I, like, I was like, I was so stressing out because I was like, I haven't actually tested an all-wheel drive car, and we have to record the episode in, like, 30 minutes. I was like, I need to buy an all-wheel drive car, so I, I like... Take my money. <laughs> so, I know, I, but, I, but I bought, a, yeah, I, I ended up, that's amazing, I spent the most money ever on any iOS game on Real Racing 3. Not even, uh, well, don't you think? But that's because of my position. But think anyway. back to like the, the, the start of the app store. I mean, I think that probably my most expensive single app purchase would probably have to be like, you know, like Solitaire City or something stupid like that when like your typical game was like eleven ninety nine. Yep. Mirror's you know? Edge, Mirror's Edge was like four, I bought it for like 15 bucks. Yeah. Uh, when it, now it's like not on the app store anymore. <laughs> I don't even know, like, <laughs> it like raced, I don't know, um, yeah. Cool. So, I, do you do you buy anything, Eli? Do you do you tend to do an? I mean, I, I purchase. I mean, you get you get such a, a flood of like promo codes and everything. Yeah, we usually just buy our games though. You, you still because okay. it's it's so much more work to like try to figure out like. Right. Uh, I mean, because keep track of all that. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous to keep track of the amount of promo codes that we get. And you know, people have kind of wisened up and don't even send us promo codes now because I just tell okay. people like, look, I have a dollar. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I've had new sites tell me though, like, can you please send us a promo code? Oh, yeah. Like, we can't yeah, afford well, to buy yeah, every game. Yeah, we the, the smaller like hobbyist sites. I mean, like, they don't right. have like right. they don't have an advertising budget that they can you know have sure. like hundred dollars a week or whatever to spend mm -hmm. on you know the like new releases that yeah, come yeah. out. Which you know they really appreciate promo codes, right. but I mean on us it's kind of wasted in yeah. a way. Rosh, what about you? What's your uh, you know? To be honest, I don't. I don't. I don't uh, spend that much money on on net purchases. Yeah, the most expensive. I, I think I bought Mirror's Edge as well, so it's above ten. Um, I think I got it on sale. That's about it. The, the, <laughs> the most, the most memorable, the most memorable in-app purchase that I ever bought, though, was uh, in, in uh, something Tak Fung made uh, called called Epic Win, oh, which yeah. is this like task that. organizer thing. Exactly. And there was this themselves. tree man right. in that in that game. Where's the bottle opener? Tool. Sorry, Rash, I'm totally okay. interrupting you for boost. Jesus, jingle, jingle, jingle. All right. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, and they had this tree man that they just they put in the trailer, and it was amazing. I mean, yeah. it, you, you had to have the tree man because it was so funny. And that was the first thing I did. Like I opened it. It was the shortest time to purchase I've ever experienced. Like I opened it, and I was like, "Where's the tree man? Where's the tree man? He's 99 cents. Okay, enter password. Got it." And then I never use it again. So that was that was definitely well. That, that was, was a, a that was a weird experiment in like gamification though. Yep. In yep. that like, I mean, I, I think. I, it didn't do much for me. I mean, like, did you even use it once? I didn't. Did I played anything? with it a little bit, but it was like it was kind of cumbersome to use in a serious way. Yeah. You just sort of put stuff into it and play with things just to see where it would take you and what kind of cool items it would give you and things like that. But uh, man, art style and the humor in that game was top notch. Spot on. It's sort of unrelated, but what are we on time? You're you're uh, have a better five eighteen. We've got about twelve minutes. Okay, like, what are people playing right now? Like. But they aren't forced I, to play. I still play Clash of Clans, believe really? it or not. Really? Like when we reviewed that game, like I installed it, I was like, you know, okay, I'm not really gonna play this. I'll play. Yeah, it you were really, you were. I was like, I this still is like, cool. yeah, I've got yeah. like my gold mines. I'm like upgrading but them. It takes three like, days, four days, six days. Five minutes of that game. Yeah, I just, it's a weird thing. Like, and it's because I can play it so quickly. Like, I check yeah. in quickly, upgrade the buildings I can, and then I get out. And then yeah. I check back on it a couple days later, upgrade some more buildings. But, I don't even but, play. I haven't I mean, had a battle in weeks. But you're a smart person, though. You like the. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, it's like my The loops are so transparent. Yeah, they are. Like, like, I know exactly what's going on. I know. But how is that even fun? It's like not even a game. It You're isn't just, even like, fun. The I don't, I don't know. Played that game so many times. I have. I've played, I've played it before. Like, uh, it's everything I can say. Like it, all of this is true, and I still like. I just want to see what the gold mine's going to yeah. look like when it's level thirteen. It's hard. <laughs> you can probably like break open the IP. I can totally That is what's baffling. I could Google image. You know, Google gold mine level thirteen clutch plans, and I could see all the levels. I just know there's probably so much to learn there that I could just like if I could really get into it, just kind of figure out all the stuff to do. I'm not even monetizing the games better, but I just couldn't. Get past, like, no, the you first have five to change minutes, everything. You know? It's just completely. <laughs> like, there's like no. It just feels no like such overlap. a time commitment to even start playing that from yeah. a research standpoint. That I'm like, I just can't even. I don't have. You time need to drop 100, 100 bucks on it. Well, it's insane. At least. It's even insane. that. Even that won't get you that it far. Won't, it won't help you learn. Like, what's the? What are the? What are like? Why do I want to spend money? It's right. just I'm spending money. You know. Right. It's. it's uh, and even then, like, you would be like, oh, I don't want to spend money. Like, you need to like watch someone play it. Yeah. Anyway, but are you are you playing like anything but Temple? You know. Yeah. Actually, these days, like, we just did this like Twitter competition the other day where we like tweeted out our game center hashtags or whatever and uh, like all the all the kids out there started sending us challenges because we added challenges in the latest update. Oh, man. oh my god. <laughs> I'm getting the most ridiculous challenges. Like 30 million no save me's and I'm like, oh ha. that wasn't supposed to be yeah. possible, kid. <laughs> this is this is where you make your own little special build yeah, with should. the Keith button. Yeah, yeah, like, like, <laughs> automatic win, you know. But like no, I, I've been having a real fun time playing and trying to beat these kids. And Hopefully. like every like you know it starts off low and then it escalates, but um, yeah, you know, I, I don't have as much time to play games as I wish I did mm. anymore. I feel like I'm so busy that I, I don't. Yes, I feel um, like um, I'd be the same way, but Walgar Wiki like, kind of forces us to. It does, uh, I think it's a good thing. That's good, yeah. um, But other than that, I've also playing Ridiculous Fishing. Yeah, mm. that was I'm cool. That too, that in a big way. Cool. It's, I just really keep going still. back to it, it's really fun. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I'll, you know, it's been long enough. I can reveal my top secret strat now. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Oh yes, yes. Turn your phone <laughs> upside down as you're going oh, down. Oh no! So that, you're always moving forward. But that's because you're a doodle jump maniac, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Dude, try it. <laughs> Serious. It's amazing. You I'm still it? like. <laughs> I should. Yeah. I'm still blown away. Like, so I'm like, I have this like chart buddy is uh, Mika Mobile's Zombieville USA 2. Yeah. That we just like. We just like they they're up and down in there and so like after after a year I was like I got what is this game like it's another zombie game that like, hangs out with me I have been playing it for like a month really yeah like I the 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 variety and awesomeness of the carnage in that game is wonderful I just like absolutely love 
that game. I don't. It's so weird because there's so many it's, problems with it. I'm like, the reward is too kind linear. Of flat, like, too. Like, exactly. It's like, so flat. You... I'm like, where's the IP in this damn game so I can like get the guns that I want? But like, yeah, it's super flat, and it's almost like because I almost like imagine that like, okay, yeah, instead of getting, you know, so flat, like I imagine it'll that I'm now making like ten thousand dollars per game at the, but the difficulty is really good, and I don't know. I just I find that I find that games like that are the most interesting to me in the in the way that I don't like. I think it's really important that I like I can't really pinpoint exactly why I love it, but then I do, and I feel like that might be a their, little bit. Their of a animation lesson. is is absolutely top notch. Oh I mean, yeah, there are whoever's doing their art. I mean, like you couldn't pay for anything better than right. that. Right, it is it is, and there's like the like the you know, shells from the gun and the details are there, uh, even though it has the very cartoon style. Right. Um, I don't know, but it shows like that. There's like that unmeasurable thing that is so hard that you cannot put on a slide that is not in this conference that it's like, yeah. that's like the hard thing. It's like no one can do that because you can't go on stage and be like, okay, here's the secret to making a successful game. Like, make a good game that everybody loves. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, love is, that's what it's about. It's about love and it's like, and the secret is nobody knows what they're doing. So exactly, you know, no like, one, like, the games industry—it's very hit-driven. So there, you know, it's it's you know, if you're trying new things and different things, like you're. But gonna there's fail but there's always like this consistent thing, like the like CSR racing, you know, Clash of Clans, like these guys—they have a love of money. Yeah. Right. So that's like there's like a lot of love in those games, all right? <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, you know, Arash like, Arash has lots of loves. You know, both of us we love cars and we love like and we love creating things. So, like, so there's like a lot of love in our games. And even though like there's like corners that aren't polished and like not not in your games, but you know there's like there's just you can just tell there's like something in there that's like this love and that and that like it is what brings players it's that back. That little extra, yeah. And it's I just that's don't what know. indie is about, though. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's very so, personal, right? So that's why I almost like discourage like the don't even think about the freemium thing just like well, it's right. just, do you love your game? Do you love right. what you've produced? Or do you think right. other people are gonna love it? Or do you think other people right. are gonna like give you a lot of money for it? Or is do you just do you just love it? Do you well, simply sit and like say like wow this is really cool, I really like what I've made? I mean I think that if you if you go after and you're you're chasing what's hot in the in the charts, you're right. not gonna be making something right. you love. You're trying to make you right. know, you're trying to monetize like those guys. And you know, it's funny, when we made Temple Run, we were like, there's no way this game is gonna be successful. Yeah, my, it's my, dark, it's dreary, it's got like, you know, uh, you know, like it's like kind of adventurous, it's 3D, you know, all these things. And we were like, forget it. It's one scary. Of my, yeah, one of my favorite <laughs> stories that I tell I tell all kinds of people at Temple Run is like I remember what it was GDC like yeah. two years ago or whatever. You guys like meekly pull this like prototype <laughs> out of your pocket and you're like, I don't know, this is what we're working on. Yeah, eh, we're like, we just were making something that we love though. We were because like, we had just made Max Adventure. We were kind of trying to like chase the dual stick shooter, you know, dream. I mean, like, we were, I, it, we, I, you know, it, we've been working with you guys for so long. Like, I know the ex like I can gauge the excitement <laughs> with like the projects you're working on. Like, Max Adventure was like, check this out. Like, it's really cool. It's like this yeah. kid in the neighborhood and stuff like that. As opposed to Temple Run, it's like, eh. It's we funny just didn't think it'd work. You know, we. And it's funny because we didn't think it'd have mass appeal because it didn't have awesome, an angry man. bird in it, and yeah, it wasn't exactly. bright and colorful. <laughs> and you know, it, it, we definitely didn't think it'd appeal to women. But like 50% of our players are, are women. It's it's crazy. So it like redefined in my mind like what what appeals to you know a casual. You got audience. the Harrison Ford audience there. Yeah. That's a, that is a, that key, definitely helps. That's a, he is that still helps. he is still at the top of those like who would you leave you know, yeah. you know the, what is the they play that game. I was recently married, so I the shower. There's like the game you know like <laughs> who would you you know leave your husband for. Or Whatever, you know, it might not be that dark, but Harrison Ford is like is, bam, is he, bam, is he bam, high, like, high performer on those lists. Han Solo. So, so we have we have some more questions I want to get to. Um, 
Uh, Al Alan Duggan asks, uh, or Dugan, um, is it a good idea or a bad idea to mix advertising and IAP in a freemium title? Should you go both routes? Because I mean, prior to this whole freemium thing, there was a big advertiser, adver game thing. Like we saw uh, the original Words with Friends was, was making a pretty good return on, on doing um, per round. Uh, there, there was also that, that time, too, where like anyone that had iAds in their game was making crazy money yeah, for exactly. like two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. maybe. That was the golden two weeks that. Yeah. So I, I think it's good. Okay. You know, I think with freemium, you know, like a small percentage of people are buying those in-app purchases. So I think, uh, and you know, one of the reasons is there's a lot of kids playing and maybe they don't have any money. Right. So, right. Um, you know, there's, there's ways that, you know, perhaps, you know, ads can get involved where you sure. can, you know, somehow help to, you know, right. make the some revenue is, uh, off People that. are so weird about ads, though. They I are. mean, people have, like, become, yeah. like, innately offended that you're showing them an advertisement on Absolutely. something that they got for free. Absolutely. Like, it's, sure. it's insane. Yeah. And this is a, a, We're very a whole deeper issue for right. uh, you and the yeah. web. Web it's industry. crazy. I mean, it's, yeah. I hate ads, so I do too. Ira irrationally, I personally without, do too. So without, I try to keep uh, them out. I don't mind them. I don't. That's why I, you should well, don't talk about I, I have a position on this too. I mean, I think I think there's there's ads where you're just gonna disrupt the experience, take the player out, and show them like you know a half naked guy for six minute abs or whatever. Um, and I think that's that's definitely a terrible thing. What agree. games are you playing? Well, this, actually, when we first integrated one of the ad networks, which I will not mention, yeah. they like every ad was like it would give, send you like it would just send you men. It was really weird. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it just sends me men. I don't know. I, I'm not sure why. Some kind of weird, some weird cookie I picked up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, someone's using my phone. Anyway, um, but but back to my point. So what I think is interesting is games where they're doing. Um, it's not really an ad, but it's an opportunity to like you know use use kind of like an offer wall type of thing yeah. or some kind of player initiated action that generates money I like from that an ad. Because when somebody's like actually saying, "Hey, I want to see this ad in right. exchange. You're going to give me something. give me something." Like, right. Networks. That's keep and yeah. those like park all these it's other guys. It's insane to me that people that. do those though. I mean, like, it is. It, it is is absolutely like what has been absolutely incredible to watch in this entire market. If I had to pick one thing, is how much people value their money, but how little they value their, their time. time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. People will yeah. spend like way more time than they'll money. spend like yeah. eight hours watching, watching weird video like ads. weird right. videos and stuff yeah. like that to save enough coins yeah. to get like but a you know gifted why? Because they can they can pick it up, they can press start, and they can set it aside for a second while it plays. Guess, they don't pay yeah, attention. Totally, so it's totally. probably a waste of your money if you're spending. Yeah, I'm like the opposite. I value my time so much, you know, more than my money. Well, it's just I think it's just a matter of having a card versus not having a card. Like they just do not have payment ability, so they go they go the other route. And and yeah, we're seeing a lot of games and sometimes it's hidden like I think when we reviewed Real Racing 3 we did find deep deep down in the shop there's yeah. a way to get free coins yeah. by watching stuff but they don't they don't promote it as heavily as they could I think there's a fear that you're going to cannibalize people spending so too. on yeah. in that purchase because there's no doubt um, that it, it returns less yeah I mean it definitely does but yeah. I, I don't know I, I don't see that as you know being something that takes from you in that purchase yep hmm. interesting are we really on to 530 yet no, it's fine. Usually, like, usually I look over Let the timer and I'm like, I'm oh my god, I've just been like question. talking for um, so, uh, so long. This is a big, pretty good question. So this is from uh, Celsius Game Studios, Colin Walsh. Um, he asks, how do you feel about people trying to cram a free-to-play model into a game just because it's seen as a path to riches? It's kind oh, of what yeah, we've been think, talking about yeah, this whole time. It's a terrible idea. Terrible idea, yeah. 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 And I think, I think you have to really plan it to be free-to-play from the beginning. Honestly, though, like, how many people do you know that have ever like set out as, with their main goal being, I'm going to get rich? Right. And have that ever pan out to anything? I mean, like that—that that just feels. <laughs> <laughs> that I am but rich app from back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But that, that worked out. I don't know. That like, did work out pretty well. I feel like if all your motivations in game design are just motivated by greed, I mean, right, no right. one's going to come along. Impact great. It's, it's toxic. It's just toxic. It you can't toxic. like. I. That's why I'm always. I'm actually always really impressed by Supercell. Um, you know, the, these type of players and like Natural Motion, um, is how they can maintain focus, where like. Yeah. 
Clash of Clans, for what it is, for what it is, shows an amazing amount of restraint in what they try and ask you money for. Like when you lose a battle, why isn't there a pop-up that's like, do you want to win the battle? Yeah, do you, or do you like, want to? Yeah. Like, I mean, really, like that's CSR. I mean, uh, in in CSR racing, there's much less restraint. Um, but that's why I'm always I'm I'm always uh, impressed by that. I think that's one of those things that like, how much can you really abuse your players and have them stick around? I mean. CSR racing, I feel, is like actually rather tame. For I mean, you might think that actually playing the game is abuse, so that turns the whole thing into a problem. But the you know, like the it has such a it has so little. Uh, it only like CSR racing uses every trick in the book, whereas um, right. Clash of Clans is just like, well, you have to wait for this. Yeah, and, it's a pretty pretty. And if you don't want to wait for it, then right. you can give us money. Yeah, um, which is a, is pretty incredible that they use one thing and mm -hmm. still get all that money. Yeah. I, that that still to me is like wow, like. It's not even the most, I don't even think it would feel like it's a slong, uh, the strongest compulsion, but it is more of, I think, a better long-term right. strategy. I would really like to see uh, a free-to-play model where you have, I mean, I, I, what I like about the way CSR Racing did it is that it's very, it's not like go to the shop and get gems and spend them this way. Um, well, it is, there is that too, but there's also this like uh, bit where it's like, you know, can you, do you want to win this race? You have this chance to buy this car, it's going to be on sale for the next 10 minutes, and you don't have enough money, but you can buy money, and you can totally get this deal on this Nissan Altima. So, um, and and, and uh, Real Racing did that. Yeah, they exactly. Sales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it'd be interesting to do a game like an adventure game even, like for example, like Sword and Sorcery, where you're playing this game where you're, you get to a certain point and there's a door. And it's like a side quest that you can play for 99 cents. Kind of the way, and we've seen this in, in, in console games, and we've seen it as like, you know, DLC for, for Deus Ex. They had a piece where you could do an extra mission, you pay a little bit more, and it's a pretty cool mission. They really invest the time, and you're getting your, your, your money's worth. But it's not a thing where like, we're gonna prevent you from really like, you know, continuing the main course of the game. It's completely on the side. It's just, here's a little extra, uh, and it's very content driven. Yeah, hmm. well it's interesting that you know, a lot of the you know in-app purchases for content just never really worked for. Yeah, them. they never yeah. worked. You know? So, it, wonder why. Um, so we are at the end of our show. Um, I want to announce that we are having a little after party. Uh, is over this what at you the... did? I wow. can't believe you did this. In like, what did you do? I saw this slideshow like three hours ago, and like Arash <laughs> has just there. been like working just... on it in the bathroom or something. Keynote food. <laughs> this is amazing. This is incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. This is all keynote. You didn't even, like. There's no Photoshop involved. There's no in Photoshop. It's all keynote. Um, wow. I am. I am available for keynote consulting. <laughs> is that my my hourly rate is astonishing? How did you um, get that piece of tape to like? This is believe it or not like really <laughs> Apple like did that. all the heavy lifting. I just was like frame type. Tape thing. I mean, this was like. I mean, Adam, Add you saw this. Adam, Adam saw this um, like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. So, uh, in any case, Marriott Marquis, uh, we're gonna head a hike over there in 10 minutes. Uh, feel free to ask us any questions you have in person. Uh, show us your games. You know, cross promo, all that stuff. Love it. Um, and uh, <laughs> don't want to see any more games. <laughs> don't don't show Eli anything. He's tired. And, uh, <laughs> he's seen it all already. <laughs> he's seen he's seen everything. It's fine. Um, and of course, you can see more of our episodes at WildGardenWeekly.com, and it's uh, available free on iTunes. So thank you all for joining us. And Make yourselves known. This is all recorded. So, yeah. thank you guys. Thanks again. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah it was fun. a ton of fun. And, uh, oh, you can also thanks for being. Of course, email us at contact at Wall Garden Weekly. And I'd like to finally ask uh, also thank uh, Carol Shaw for really believing in this idea and supporting it. So, thank yeah, you, Carol. thanks, Carol. And uh, yeah, let's go have more beer. Where's the where's, the where's the beer security guard? We have.